I am here vibing with one of the living legends in the entertainment industry. His parents named him Lowell Dunbar, but we know him as Sly. Father Sly. Yeah, man, respect How are you, sir? I'm cool. And this doesn't come like an interview. It comes like with us a reason. You know, Mad. probably we should sip out some, some, some fruit juice and everything. Yeah. Right? Teach them! Always make sure the message I reach them! Place of birth, where did you grow up? Uh, um, the date of birth are the place. King, uh, born in um, Winwood Road. Winwood Road. Yeah. Winwood Road. Mm -hmm. that's where, in the east. Yeah. yeah. And you grew up it, uh, on Winwood Road. I part of life when I was young and then I moved to Waterhouse. Oh. By the age of six, seven. I've been there ever since until reached maybe around... 25, 30, going on to something like that, or less than that. You know? So, Winward Road to Waterhouse. Yeah, and then my father was living in Duane Park and mm -hmm. stayed with him, you know. Okay, okay. So, you moved between Waterhouse yeah, and Duane yeah, Park. Yeah. But most of the time is Waterhouse, lifetime is Waterhouse. Schooling? Went to, um, when I was, used to live um, in Winward Road, I used to go to a school called St. Michael's School, and then I went to uh, Waterhouse, so I started going to Trenchtown, so I went mm -hmm. to the primary school. Okay. This is the first time I ever saw a demonstration. Uh, they, they wanted to get rid of one head mask. Don't trench on? Yeah, everybody wanted the next one. So mm -hmm. it was school never kept that day. So they said, no child at no school. Trench on high? Yeah, to the companies. To the comprehensive. To the comprehensive. Mm -hmm. Siblings? Yeah, no, no brothers, just two sisters. Two sisters. Mm -hmm. uh, mommy and daddy still around? No, no, no. Both of them passed on. Yeah, yeah. My condolences, sister. Yeah, my respect. Yeah, but sisters are okay though. One. One. One died. One died. Yeah. Okay. Big one died. Okay. What was it like growing up, though, on Winward Road in Waterhouse? Well, Winward Road, it was a, a kid, and I remember modern parties work at the airport. And, like, you know, when a lot of foreign artists used to come in, she used to tell me that Sherlyn Lee is coming in today. She sat him at the airport, mm -hmm. and one of foreign artists was coming, and she used to tell us. And, but she was, like, into her music still, and everything like that. You know? Yeah. So, when I went to Waterhouse to live now and everything, the first time I even saw a cow live, you know, I remember. <laughs> so I can't believe I'm looking at a real cow, you know? Yeah. I think so. I'm um, living there and start going to school in Trenchtown, seeing some of these artists. Mm hmm I could go around about and everything, you know. I've been there for a while, 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 while. Then some of my friends went, if I went to KC, I didn't go, I said, I stayed to Trenchtown. Yeah. They would just go out through the roof yeah, and the whole thing. Yeah. Huh? People like Jermaine, producer. Donovan. He has to go to school with me and everything. Okay, like cool. Yeah. And mm. then like I went to KC, I didn't go. Yeah. I stayed at Trenchstone Comprehensive. But, um, I know friends that was, was always in the music business. Obviously, me and Willie Williams used to be in the same class. And, mm -hmm. You know, I'd, when I get a free period with um, like the, 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 the classroom going. Yeah. He used to call me Scatolites at school. Oh. So, so, <laughs> they saw the song like a piano, so I yeah. used to sing all kinds of songs. Yeah. Like so, what happened now? A couple of friends of ours wanted to sing and everything, so we decided it was coming on to like some holiday, so we didn't get a banner or something. So we went and checked Ken Booth. Mm. And then in town, and to the show at school, and he mm -hmm. said yes. and himself and the Gaylas band came by and the yeah. performed and you know we we're always into the music and everything and so wow <laughs> this is it you know yeah really <laughs> don't really sit here you know music that, that, that school thing so Ken Booth is really 
was very Believe supportive. It, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she always tell me a lot of things about Arabella Fountain, mm. Louis Armstrong, you know? Yeah. Things like that. So Light Box now was one who was come around with a guitar. Cause I used to sing in a group called the Termites. Mm -hmm. and That's Light. Light Box, mm -hmm. yes. And, and we had this big tape recorder that a friend of ours called Never brought by the house and we'd keep the tape recorder and play it every day. And mm -hmm. So Light Box would come by, play his guitar and write song and I mimic the timing and the tape cover but it sounds like a real jungle. You know? <laughs> so from there you know like just a two time lights come from through the one the daytime it come with the guitar my mother see light parts come with the guitar she always smile mm. my dad, so things are yeah, going today you know? yeah. <laughs> and there 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 until start playing in little bands and things light went and played RC Invincible mm -hmm. and another friend of mine called Ranchi mm -hmm. and then while I went and played a little band called Yard Brooms, yeah, brooms. Mm. so one day you know I went down, so I was going to check Ranchi and lie down by Irish Invincible. They were at a very certain Don't place. Where? Irish Invincible. Oh, okay. They had a little place down by Olympic Ray. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I went down there, so the drummer was a great drummer by the name of Thin Leg was playing with them, and I think he left the rehearsal day to do something else, and then I was sat, sat there and Hansen Collins said to me, and I said, you can play drums a little bit, and said, I'm going to play, and play. I said, oh, I like how you play, and Eventually led to do my first recording, which is a song called Night Doctor. Yeah. Oh, this is my auntie Collins. So okay. Say, I wanted to play another song for me. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. I said, I like what you play. I said, oh, really? Thank you. And <laughs> I would play Night Doctor, which came out as the Offsetters. That was a big instrumental hit for him. Yeah. And then within the same year, that I was the one, one and 15, um, and he come, came up with an idea and he called me and said, listen to this piano thing. It was playing the, male, the melody for double bar, and that's why mm. it sounded great. And went to rehearsal for a week. I'm done by um, Spanish on road with Irish Invis band. So after rehearsal, I understand myself to stay back and work on double bar. Yeah. And I said, him, said to him, that this, this is going to be a million seller. I said, really? <laughs> so we worked on it, and he went, he went and got the time and booked the studio time and recorded a song. And, and really turn out that's the second song I played and was a million selling song. Million selling song. Yeah. So from early the things started. Yeah, so like <laughs> no, it started early, so <laughs> I I was kinda I wasn't I'm not new to what is happening in the music yeah, class. And yeah. that was when it went under it went to number one in England in nineteen seventeen, it went to number twenty two on the pop chart in America. Mm. So like what does that mean now with the music? Like we saw it coming and we did it at a time. So to us, we can take a smile and say, we want to see everybody go there. Yeah, yeah, and do it, you know? yeah. And have no frightening things that you want in more than anybody. Yeah. We'd like to see everybody going to achieve mm. it, you know? So whatever happened to the Yard Brooms, though? Well, the Yard Brooms was a little band that, um, when we used to go, when we used to go and look at them playing, it was Mikey Boo, which was a great drummer. I learned a lot from him, too, and he was playing with them, and then they left. And then I went in as a little amateur <laughs> to, to, to take the speed yeah. and play, you know? So the first gig was a place called Teams and Twenty on, on Walton Park Road. I can't remember when the dean did sang Red Red Wine. The guy who was singing was Barry Hawk and mm -hmm. get a whole around applause, clap and everything. I said, boy, I come like a pass. <laughs> so I said, I'm moving now. And yeah. 
trying to take this serious because my mother died mm. early, you know? So yeah, I said, yeah, well, yeah. all right, um, I'm a owner, so I have to really make it work for my mom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I took it serious. So, you know, um, like I said, Mikey Boo was kind of influential in the early days. And then Anthony Collins was very supportive because, like, when we used to play in the band, like, I couldn't play the, the flow show thing, you know, with the rumba dance. Yeah. So, yeah, that's seen a musician, it would take the drum and play from me, and then I would come back and play for dance crowd. Oh, okay. After okay. years, I kind of learned. Learn it, yeah. How to play. So, <laughs> really, in a sense, like I'm like a street kind of musician because I didn't have the money to go to music school mm -hmm, or anything mm -hmm, like that. So, mm -hmm. you learned learn it along the way. Yes, and along the way, we learned from one another. Mm -hmm. Checking other musicians, like we used to check Willie Lindo, and there's a guy called Maxi, and we used to check like Paul. Who play with two centimeters on? As young drummer, I used to ask a lot of questions. You know, so um, look at lightings from the scatter lights. Cause mm -hmm. I remember when I was like early ten, my mother sent me to the stage show to watch the scatter lights. You know, yeah. and days you put on your suit, you know, and then you tie it <laughs> and go and go to the stage show. Yeah, get a seat in the front to watch lightings beat the drums. That's mm -hmm. what this is what I want to do. Yeah. But my mother was really supportive, you know? Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting, you know? That's what I'm getting, yeah, that. Really, a lot really. of A lot of the drive that you got, especially after she died, yeah, was... Yeah, that's I really... You know, exactly was her feet. Her feet. You know? Really, you. really, I can't really turn back. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. With the help of Live Parks, Hans Collins, the early, just kind of helped me. Yeah. And kind of... Establish that, yourself. Yeah, give me mm. that, that drive, you know? After I came, doing a lot of recording in Jamaica, like playing on one of the first dub songs that come out called Sam's A Dub, mm -hmm. which was produced by called Patterson, right? And the flip side of it, of it was Tubbs, King Tubbs mixes was the side that got played was the dub side. It's called mm. Sounds of Dub. So that, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that we had played a song because it's this record, it's a dance, Sounds of Dub, you know? I said, Sounds of Dub, I don't know the song. Yeah. But, and look at the next one, I said, Carl Peterson, like, Carl Patterson, I said, hmm. So I flipped it and I said, oh, this is a song called Sounds of Dub, I'm saying. It was a version, yeah. it was like a big seller for Tubbs. Yeah, it kept on, Getting better and better. You kept on working with more yeah, and working more people. Yeah, working with more and more people, playing in bands. Like, mm. you know, in those days, there were a lot of bands in Jamaica. Yeah. Like nightclubs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I live club. It was strictly like live music, you know? Yes. So we used to go to Ocho's, Montego, be all over. And on the tour circuit. Everywhere, yeah. Mm. When did the link with Robbie come about? Oh, the link though? with Robbie came in like, in around 1974. Mm -hmm. Like, we used to go down by, you know, Eyeglass Rest is done by Randy Street. Where the place, him? Eyeglass Rest. Eyeglass Rest. <laughs> yeah. Our musician. Our oh, music. Okay, okay, okay. Like, it's just a name. The name for you. We have to go in and punch the clock, you know? Yeah. I used to go there and meet up and meet Robbie and we start talking about music and everything. And when he kind of started sharing the same kind of idea. Mm -hmm. But when Robbie first came to a session, was Robbie was playing at a club called Evil People Club. Evil People Club. And I was playing at... <laughs> All of this club was on, was on Reddit Road, and yeah. I was playing a tit for tat. Yeah. <laughs> Light box. And Nancy Collins used to play at the club called Stables. Mm -hmm. So on Reddit Road, every club on Reddit Road, about seven clubs used to have live band. Yeah. Right Derek Lara from, from, from the Tamlins used mm -hmm. to play drums in a band, seventh extension done by um, a Neptune Lounge. Yeah. I sing, you know. So meeting Robbie now and a guy named Toto. Toto myself I played on a Dennis Brown record called Toto. Um, Toto. Yeah. Called uh, Money in My Pocket, the original version. Yeah. You played on that? Yeah, the original mm -hmm. version. And, and I played on the new, the, 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 the remake of it also. Mm -hmm. So Toto, me and Light Parks and Toto played on it. And the, the new remake was me and Light Parks playing on it. So Toto was telling Robbie about me. And then they came over to the club and Robbie said, wow, 
So Robin got the session hook up with Bonnelly. Mm-hmm. You know, Strikerly, a producer. Yeah. So he put my Robin together in the first song, and it was a smash. And mm-hmm. Remember what song was that? I think it was a, a general song called Too Good To Be Forgotten. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then after that, I started doing a lot of sessions mm-hmm. and, on Channel One all over. And then I decided, you know, to to make my name in the music after <laughs> trying to something else. But there were yeah. so many good drummers. Yeah. Because Jamaica has a lot of great drummers. I mm-hmm. said, how am I going to... Stand out in a field. Yeah, in a field like With this. With so many. These people are awesome. Mm-hmm. And try and take some ideas. I remember I used to sit down and watch like creative dance with my mom. Mm-hmm. A guy named Eddie Thomas, one of these next rex microphone and the people. And I try and look at the dancer, dancing to the beat of the drum. I know anywhere the drum go, the body move is there. So. Then I started looking back at the Jamaica music and look at lightness. People who set the trend. Listen a couple of songs that they had played and I listened to what they was playing and then I started listening while white now to a lot of African music, a lot of stuff and hearing what these drummers are playing and say, what can I do to come inside the music and, and just add what is there? Yeah. So funny, like we are this little studio, a friend of mine called Newton and um, um, not really in deep in mortals but in the same era. Yeah. And we used to go there and, and record everything. And he used to, he used to have a, like a discotheque. And mm-hmm. he would get foreign songs. Um, and we go there like on a Wednesday night to just listen to set of foreign songs. <laughs> His discotheque was just Chris, you know? Yeah. And there was a, a song called, um, by a group called, um, I don't remember the name of the group, but the drum sound and it was great. And he said, wow, you know, if you could get this drum sound like this in reggae, mm-hmm. it would be awesome. So how can we do that then? And we start learning how, how to get the drums mm-hmm. a certain tone and a certain so started doing some session at Channel One and the engineer had left the city. So Ernest, that a brother of Joe, producer, came into the studio and started working and trying to explain to him, say if we couldn't get the drums sound like Motown, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we played a couple of records and listened and said, Wow. So we did they trying to get the drums sound. So we'd go there on a Saturday sometime in Ernest and play a couple of, of stuff. We start Trying and trying recording every every weekend, I would cut like a duplet to listen mm-hmm. what was there, and then when the Philadelphia the musicers that came into the music industry and started creating them, I was so well, if we could get the drum sound like this, then you know exactly what we could do. And I said, okay, really? And I said, yes. So we tried, 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 and we got it. And the first big song we came out of Channel One was. I think when the right time came, come when the right, right time come, time come. With, the, with diamonds mm, and mighty, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we said, yeah, it's sounding great, and I like what the drums sound like. And from there, Ernest started to experiment with mm. seven. I gave him the time, yeah, to be there with him to get the thing right. And we got them. We feel pleased with our ear and everything. And Jojo kind of gave me the go ahead to experiment mm-hmm. and be free, you know. And I never really go off the outside of yes, yes. and play everything. I never go over the top. Yeah. I still and kept take it. Step by step, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And everything started, everything started working. So, just everything started developing. Sooner or later, you know, I, I hear my name calling all over the place. <laughs> and like, people in England said they wouldn't buy a record. It was not slight. Right, and yeah. like, no, this is, just, this is crazy because I'm just a drummer just, yeah. just playing, you know? But, what I was doing, I tried to pick up what I was doing and what I was feeling, but mm-hmm. I I remember James Brown used to say, give the drummer some, right? And they would get funky. Mm-hmm. And the whole place <laughs> would go crazy, right? Yeah. But they were playing in grooves still, you know? And people would dance it. But when they go give the drummer some, the place open up a while and say, 
How can we get that inside of reggae? That <laughs> we could give the drummer some and he's still playing the same reggae concert, but not going outside where people could still dance and mm-hmm, the beat. Mm-hmm. changing. And I say, okay. I started working on it, working on it, and we could listen back to stuff. So I, when we working on the channel one, recording the channel one, I wait till the record is finishing, recording, and then I would try something new, and then I listen to the playback and say, oh, that sounds good, so I can turn it to the yeah, yeah. you know? So all, <laughs> all this idea, experimenting. All this idea came from looking at African music, mm-hmm. people dancing to just drum beats and singing, and I said, wow, but this, this is it. So mm-hmm. I took the idea, and then I bring it to the trap set and start experimenting. But I never go outside because at the time we were playing a group of musicians, so I can't play by myself. Yes, by myself. yes, yes. I have to yes. play that everything sounds good. With the group, group so. everything blends. So I would like to give like all these musicians credit for everything to project myself because they buried me doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes mm-hmm. everything was so old. patient. Yeah, it was unorthodox. That yeah. They didn't know what I was doing anymore, but <laughs> they never frowned at me. Yeah. They just go all in. So, mm-hmm. so for me, reaching where I am, I have to give enough respect yeah, they would have played that to the musician because they have said they don't like what I'm doing, they would mm-hmm. have to change. But yes. not for one moment mm-hmm. they were. I said so the producers and the musicians and the artists, mm-hmm. enough respect to them because yeah. they, they allow me to do the, the, the funny thing I was doing on the drums. You know? Out of that synopsis that you just gave, one of the things that stood out was that you were always willing to experiment. You never just settled for what the music was. You wanted to add and infuse different things to make the music evolve and grow. Yeah, because I was looking at the, the entire world of music, what is happening today, and I said, like, we are like a, from a small country, and how can we project our music that people could uh, take one minute to listen to it? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know what I have to start from the drums away. If you get a good drum sound and recording, actual recording, it's going to be sounding great. Yeah. Sure. We try and, and try and get that in our recording all the time. Robbie and myself we try to get it with Ernest or the Ranchy we try and say, but then we'll say one of the session we try and get a, a good drum sound. I play in a certain way that the engineer will get a good balance from mm-hmm. me playing. Not playing too hard or too soft, but you know? Yeah. And we end up with that we feel um satisfied at this moment what has happened because the drum pattern in reggae has become a norm in the world today. People mm-hmm. trying to play true, like true, true. Everybody trying to play. And like this was what we were trying to do instead of when once one once once ago we used to um feel a little bit shy when we go to play against an American musician yeah. culture. They're better than us. Yeah. Felt in fear. But we realize now that they're projecting their music, so let's project our own. Makes sense. But we create our own style, so they can't tell us we are wrong. So mm-hmm. they have to yes, look what they're doing, true, we respect true, what they're doing. So true. we have reached that milestone now, and we don't want to look over our shoulder and care who's playing on yeah. the next side. We're playing what they're playing, because mm-hmm. this is our culture. So. Yeah, and the result is there, because they keep on sampling yeah, reggae yeah. and dance so, all day in day out. At this moment, I feel good where the music is at for these things, because mm-hmm. now we have our own drum style and our drum sound, and everything. Yes. we have for them for them mm-hmm. jazz and whatever they have. Yeah. So it, it's, it's all good. Do you have a number in your head <laughs> as it relates to the amount of tracks you would have worked on? <laughs> well, when checking, when I was speaking to Andrew Collins and I said to him, I was like, how much tracks do you think I play? He said, oh, you know, say you're the most recorded musician in the world. I said, mm-hmm. really? I'm said, you've played over a million records. I know over that a million records. Because I'm the first one to carry the suit and you haven't stopped. Yeah. Every day I say, I think so, you're right in answer. Hansel, you still around? Yeah, man. Okay, I'm nice. Like every day nice, and give nice, nice. Facebook or something. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Because they're, they're, they're my godfather and light parks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did um, a session the other day with light parks in here. So those two people, 
I look up to them in a lot of respect. You know? Yes. So over a million jacks. Yeah, man. I said, look at me. I said, boy, you know, I'm really free proud. Because yes. the one who took me to the recording. Mm-hmm. And I let him down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of curiosity, though. I kind of understand how artists get paid. But how does a drummer get paid? Now, when we used to do, like, sessions. And yeah. you, you work around the session, you might get $5 to play a track. Play two tracks, you get $10. And Jamaican, US? Jamaican. Jamaican, yeah. I mean, in the early times, that's early what days, yeah. No, it was gone up and sometimes you do a tour, you make some money and everything, and you, <laughs> yeah. you make records, and they get to understand that you know you could write your own song. Mm-hmm, some drummer mm-hmm. feel like they can't write a song, but I write my own song, and I was, I was signed to The Virgin. Oh, nice. In 1978. As a writer? No, as a musician. Okay. As, as, as an artist. As an artist. <laughs> yeah, because the drum thing was... Yeah. The style was just playing, and it was over the world, some of Yes. That. And the diamonds were just breaking. Mm-hmm. And we did this tour of England, so they figured more or less they should sign me. So I made two records for them, you know? Yeah. As in your actual voice? No, not singing. Instrumental. Oh, instrumental. So musician, you know? Yeah, but that'll lead me into the next question, though. <laughs> um, have you ever recorded vocally? Yeah, me and Robbie try a little thing. Robbie, <laughs> Robbie, 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 Robbie is really the, the great the singer. The singer. I try a little thing mm. also. Robbie said, he like when I sing, but, yeah. but he was really singing and sometimes yeah. kind of help me. And we did an album called 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yes, that was the first album. No, we I don't think it was the first one, no. but we were just, we were doing a song, we just had some time to spare, we just mm-hmm. went and cut this track and we cut the album like in two days. And How many tracks were on the album? I know it was 10 hours. 10 in yeah. two days. Yeah, man. Mm. Two genius. Now I'm going to cut like 20 tracks sometime a day. A day? Yeah. For the producer. Yeah, man. So, out of all of them songs in your voice, um, <laughs> you can't give me a piece of what? No, I'm not singing, man. <laughs> no. If Robbie there, no. If Robbie, Robbie there, Robbie there, give me a piece. I'm singing, you know, because. Yeah. Where is he, Ansel, by the way? He's in Miami. But Ansel is a good singer. Ansel is a good singer. Light Parks. I said, yeah. Light Parks, they don't know me to sing. I mean, I pray probably I'm be the only interviewer who have your singing. You know. I don't think you're going to another interview or sing. No. No, no, no. no, no. 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 They're going to laugh after me. <laughs> They're going to laugh after you. Yeah. Officially. The Light Parks. Officially, yeah. Officially. Mm. Some of the names outside of Jamaica that you would have worked with. Um, some of uh, artists. Yes. Well, I work with Nona Hendrix. Mm hmm. Work with um, Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. And Mick Jagger on his solo album also. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. Joe Cocker. Mm-hmm. Herbie Hancock. No Doubt. Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. Simple Red. Gwen mm. um, Guthrie. Grace Jones. Joanna Armatrading. You work with everybody further down by. No, not really. Some of them I can't remember. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. What would have been your favorite work collaborative experience with oh, an Maxi, overseas? Maxi, Maxi, Maxi Priest as well, yes. Yeah. Your, your, fa- um, your favorite collaborative effort with an overseas favorite. entertainer? Right. Or most memorably? <laughs> well, everything is memorable because everything was at the point where you have to go there and make itself no. perform the best. Yes. And everything was went to goal. Goal. Everything mm. was went goal. You know, everything went goal. Yeah. yeah. So with Bob Dylan, I think when I said Bob Dylan, he was on his comeback, mm-hmm. and we were in Nassau and doing Grace Jones, and the call came in. Mm-hmm. So then he said, "Bob Dylan has called for so me." Robbie looked at one and I said, "Bob Dylan." <laughs> so we are a great fan of Bob Dylan still, you know. Yeah. And she said, "Bob Dylan wants us to come to New York and play his album." So we went there. So. 
that was one of the biggest um, opening up for us. Like, mm -hmm. I know we, Peter Tortress took us on the road, and so that he exposed us to the world because there was Bob Marley with Carlton and mm -hmm. Family Man, and then. Mm -hmm. And they were like one of the, they were the top recording musicians at the time. Yes. And then comes Peter Tosher, Offspring of the Whalers, mm -hmm. Sly and Robbie were the top recording musicians. So that's where it started happening. And then the Greystone stuff opened another door for us and put us inside because they didn't know it was Jamaican musician. We were mm -hmm. playing it. And the Gwen Gotcha stuff now, which was R&B. Yeah. Crossover. Yeah. And people wonder where these things come from. <laughs> when I look at the recordings, they can't believe it. And then... After that, a lot of things started coming in, coming mm -hmm. in for us. Mm -hmm. and I think I work with a couple of Japanese musicians like Ryoshi Sakamoto and his people. And Sonata, what's name again? Another Japanese guitar player. Mm. Where we had two drummers and two bass. Yeah. Marcus Miller and Robbie myself and Omar, Omar, Ukima, whatever. Like Omar something. Another. Japanese. No, Omar is an American. Of all the international collaborations, which one has done the best financially? <laughs> Every one of them, I mean, for them, all of them went gold. I would figure the Rolling Stone stuff yeah. was really good. The No Doubt stuff was good because they got the first two Grammys they win. Yes. When Life was mm -hmm. the one track we produced for them. Oh. But the Bobbling stuff was, was the stuff everybody was looking forward to. And there was one in. What was Slime the name of that album? Infidels. Infidels. So they say, hey, choose Slime Robbins to come and play. So everybody was wondering. Yeah. But and you played on all the tracks? Yeah, on the end product. When they heard it, they couldn't believe it. They said, yeah. well, how this is. Like, but he wanted, I think he wanted something different. Like, he heard some other record that they're playing. Yeah. He figured that the sound of myself and Robbie could fit into mm -hmm, what he was doing. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. He wanted us to come with There's something just different yes. from the regular stuff he, he yeah. was doing as his comeback album. Mm -hmm. So, we went um, to New York and did it at Power Station. And that the same year, while we were recording his album, we take like a break. And he went out front and came and said, you guys just won the Grammy. That's the first reggae Grammy. Yeah. With Black Hole. But um, an album called Anthem. First reggae Grammy. Reggae That's Grammy. Like, and you won. and Robbie was on. Yeah, and man, it. we played it. I no, mean, you we played it. Yeah. We produced it. Yeah. Um, you would have won a Grammy for our Friends. For the we Friends album. Friends mm. yeah. So that was strictly you and Robbie. Yeah, that was our project. Mm -hmm. right? Black Hole were a part of the group. Too. Yes. Okay. 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 So you would have won how many Grammys in total? Just two. So the one for Friends and, and the one with Black Hole. Yeah, and we nominated around 14 times. About 14 times. <laughs> you would have also done other albums. Slagoville. Sly Wicked. And Slick. That's one. Wicked and yeah. Slick. So Sly Wicked and Slick. Slagoville was for Island Records. Was for Island Records. Simple Slimon was the first one. That was the yes. I was just trying to see if I could produce an album. Slick and Wicked was the one, the second one, I went in and really struck it. And you know, Oswald, Oswald told me that when that album came out in London, everybody had a copy on it. Mm. I said, really? So Sly, you don't live here, you know, we live here. I'm <laughs> telling you. I said, wow. Yes. Kind of music for us, like, is... To me, I see it as an easy thing to do. Yeah. Because this is what I've grown yeah, up. Yeah, I've been doing up, it for, for a long I, time. I grew up doing it, and, and it's something that I really love dearly, you know, so... Father Red Rose, yeah. big up yourself, sir. Blessings, blessings. So my life and time is in it. So it's something that I really love very, very much. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So when I'm in it, like, you see me here, I sit here all day, just yes. listening, playing, and getting ideas, too. Because I... What I always do, I try to check the people's mind what they want to listen to mm -hmm. next. Not all the time you're really right, but you're trying to focus on yes, your Yes, you're preempting. Because it's not for me, mm -hmm. it's for, it's them. for the people. 
Because I'm, I'm enjoying making it, but yes. when I'm finished, I hope they, they enjoy want it to enjoy it as well. Yes, yeah, so I have to figure their mind what they want to listen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes it might be a bit too early because, you know, sometimes they're probably a little bit slow changing yes. over. But you put the product out sometime and sometimes mm -hmm. it manifests like a couple of years and same thing that was there, just that. Yeah, that, that's deep enough what I don't know. Before we go any further, though, Sly, Sick and Wicked, yeah. um, Friends, Sligoville, which yeah. was your favorite body of work? I think um, Friends, Friends is, Friends is a... A project album like with um other artists singing it, but yes, slice the and wicked was just my soul album. Just your soul album. So I wouldn't say it was favorite because the music still evolved and still go. But when you tour, a lot of people come to me and say this was the first album I bought and it's like one of the best albums still out of Jamaica. I said mm -hmm. really, and a lot of people said to me like like why stop doing soul albums? Although you rub it together, but you could still yes. make a Robbie mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sly and Robbie album still do a slide yeah. on bar record. <laughs> Because I think of some of the weird things sometimes yeah. to do. And they say, if they, they, they kind of miss that. That's the way no one says Sly and Robbie is stronger. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well, with fair enough, Robbie, fair yeah, enough. It is much fair enough. Thing. You would have worked with almost all the icons and legends in the Jamaican entertainment yeah, space. Yeah. Like, you know, let's start calling names. <laughs> what would have been your favorite memory or experience working with a Jamaican entertainer? Why? All the Jamaican entertainment who have worked with were very important to us because. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you work with an artist and the artist become a hit or the summer coming, then people start asking who's doing it. So every project you go, every artist you try to work with, you try to get the best, try to lay the best rhythm for him so he could have a hit rhythm or hit song or something mm -hmm. like that. So everybody's really important yes. to work with. You can look and say, I don't like this one, I don't like. Once you go inside to make it, when Rob and me, myself think, we say, okay, we're going to try and make a hit record today. Every time we go into the show, we want to come out with a hit. Uh, if not a great hit, but some popular kind of song yes. that, that people will like, you know? Because if the song come out there and it's a miss, sometimes you feel like you flop, you know? <laughs> so in our arts, and so when you're going, we're going to try and make a hit record. So yeah. Every artist is important to me, every one of them. What was it like working with Peter Tosh? It was great. That was a great experience for us, because like, when Robbie had asked me to come, if I wanted to come and join him with Peter Tosh, you see, because I was... I just came up from a tour with Dennis Brown in England. I said, mm. yeah, man. So Robbie and Peter had went up to New York to meet with Keith, Keith Richards and Mick mm -hmm. about signing Peter to the label. And we come back and first album we did with Peter was Equal Rights. Equal Rights. Yeah, that's the first album. And then we went on a tour, you know, so. And everything started happening. And Robbie and myself, you know, those times we share room together mm -hmm. as you know, the budget and yeah, yeah, yeah. start talking about how we can project the music, what we could do and what we I'll start experimenting a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is where we are today, like, you know, so yeah, we had a vision to try and make the the people happy and we were looking back at the stuff the scatterlights at playing people like Jack and me too mm -hmm. and all the the older musicians that put into it and we want to keep on the same standard with them. They make it made us happy as kids growing up and listening to music. So we say we want to do the same, same thing. Same thing. Reciprocate. So, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Did you ever get a chance to work with Ken Boot though? Yeah man, Ken Boot did a song for us. He did a version of Show and Tell. Mm -hmm. And he did another another song for us. But Ken Boot is like one of my favorite singers, you know, from ever since. You know? And yeah. alternators. I worked mm -hmm. alternate. So but all of these artists like <clears throat> the old artists are Leroy Sibley's, uh Jackie Opel, um, Winston Francis, the gay lads. All of them tell us like this is this is these are the people we learn from, right? Mm -hmm. 
So respect them so much and look up to them very, very highly, you know? Yes. Have you ever built a trap where when you're listening back, you're disappointed? Um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we go back in and try to correct it, you know? Mm. Sometimes. But we work here myself with Robbie and sometimes we feel an outside producer. Yes. We'd have some guideline or some other say this mm -hmm, is better mm -hmm. or that is better because sometimes we might think it's all right for an in person company. Like we, we work with a producer in, in, in America called Bill Ellswell and he produced a couple albums for us. He produced an album called Rhythm Killer which uh, we had a temp, top 10 song from it in, in England and mm -hmm. he produced a song for us which was a nominated for a reggae Grammy. It was a nominated for R&B Grammy. Okay. And it's so another nomination. Yeah, so <laughs> we work with a lot of outside producers and most of the time when we go in these sessions they kind of leave everything up to us. You know? Yes, yes. But we don't, as I said, we don't go overboard. No, 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 we no. We try to play it because we're looking to get the hit record so mm -hmm. we work together with producing outside people like Bootsy Collins and yes. all people. We come on board sometimes to work, yeah. you know. This might be an unfair question, though, seeing that you said that you would have worked on over a million tracks. Yeah. What is the single favorite track <laughs> in your head that you would have done? That one day you sit down and you play it as right. often as you can. I tell you, every one of them is like, I mean, to me, everyone is important. I mean, yeah. even the, the public even sometimes bring my attention back to certain things. Yes. I might never really like it so much, but when I see... Yeah, yeah, appreciation. About it, appreciation. Mm -hmm. I say, I don't know, I try to love this record. I love it, you know? Yeah. So every track is like, I think I sit back and listen and say, it's all right, I could have played it better, but <laughs> the people love it. So, yeah. like, like for example, I remember when we played um, Jacob Miller's song, All Night Till Daylight, it was a festival song, and we did it in the morning and we went down to Channel 1 to do um, Freddie Mackey. Big Hill Boots, and I remember as I walk into the studio, um, Jojo said, we have to win, and you know? I said, yeah, man, we have to win. <laughs> yeah. I never heard the tune yet, but... Oh, you never hear the, the, the Biggie Boots? Oh, okay. No, never. So when I walk in, they were working out. Mm -hmm. Bobby Ellis was working mm -hmm. out the part, and they were singing, so... I sat down, so I listened to the song, and I said, wow, I said to Ernest, I call him China. Mm -hmm. Soup up the drums, China. Soup up them drums. Yeah. We're going in for it, and went in for it, and... When I heard the song, so wow, this like our section sounds good. So I went to the cup of the cymbal and started playing like a festival thing to give this happy feeling. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking back and all the records that we grew up listening to sounded very happy. So yeah. I said, Well, this is a festival record, so I have to make it very happy. So mm -hmm. and just as I kinda of predicted it, it came out the same and that was the winner. This is one of the ones that you love a little bit more than the others. No, what I love it is because um, that's, that's the, the, the construction of what it was for. The yes, time. yes. I was sitting beside me and he said, part two. Yeah. We looked at and I changed the jump pattern a bit and mm -hmm. the studio was like on fire. Yeah. <laughs> that Good memory. Say, this song was like a special kind yeah. of festival. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to win. And it all depends on the kind of recording that you're going to be doing mm -hmm. to make the song a winner. But Robbie himself has done a lot of work with Jacob Miller. Like, yeah. Before they were back with them, we played a lot on the song. So, mm. yeah. But Jake and I were like good friends because when we used to play a tit for that, he would pass you on a Saturday night and sing two songs, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he'd spend smoking and then he'd go down to, yeah. go to the next club, sing two with you. So I was saying, no, we're playing a tit for that. And so yeah. I'm going to check Sly and I'm coming in. Jake was like it was a cool umbrella. Yeah, man, I'm coming by the band and, and I'm signaling him and say, all right, and say, yeah, mm. man, no, the song, I'm just yeah. playing the song and sing two with you. You ever played for Bob? 
Yeah, we did um, we did Punk Reggae Party. Mm. And I did some other song for him by Oli Perry. Oh, okay. But we used to talk to Bob. Yeah. He's good friends, you know? Like, we used yeah. to go and check him sometime. Yeah. And if he's in New York and we are there, I was going to check Link him. up. Yeah. Mm. You played a lot for Lee, though. Lee, um, Perry? Scra- Lee Scratch Perry. We did a couple of songs for him. I did a couple of songs like um, Police and Thieves. Mm-hmm. And that one I did. I think I did a version of a song for Bob. We sing um, Smile in Jamaica. There was two versions of it. I think I do I play on so many tracks sometimes. <laughs> I don't know the name of the track. Yeah. I, I played a lead. Understandable. Understandable. And if I don't know the song came out or what name it came out. It, it, it will come on that song. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have a catalog of your, of your songs, them, though? No. No? No. How come? In them days, it was so early, the, the catalog, um, catalog is a song and everything. Mm. So it was just, you, you're young and it was. Yeah, fun. Yeah, just playing, I just yeah. love it and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But now everything is, is can, can be um, categorized now because there's so much way to save it. And yeah, a lot of people, especially digitally. I'm telling some people are doing it for me and telling me. Mm-hmm. How many songs I've done and how many songs I've done. Which song I've played and when it was done. Yeah. So really, you know, so. Yeah. Not the pride though, father done by, but the royalty checks seem like them every man. No, not really. We come in. <laughs> we said really. They come in and just like, but as as... Musician, you know, to go up and just say, you know, spend on equipment and you know, yeah, yeah, because you have to keep the thing evolving. Yeah, but most of the people spend it on equipment, yeah, you know, for you yeah, to go to the next stage. All the time. I know all happen- about that, sir. So, what happened? You have to you're competing with the outside, people. yes, man. And in that world, you have to have the stuff that they are using, then, yeah, to compete with them, yeah, mm, makes sense. Looking back at the career, is there a moment that you can look back where you said it was a regret? No, man. No, no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> then I just sat down and I said, what happened to the music? Yeah. I said, no, I couldn't take it. I don't know what I would do because yeah. I'd be the most boring person in the world to me. <laughs> but the, the music is like, I don't, I can't, I can't explain what it mm. has done to me and, and plus other people who are not musicians or just listeners. Yeah. And I see what they ask when they talk about music and I say, wow. Mm. So for me, music is life, it's everything. Is there anything that if you had the chance to do, you then do differently? Do over, you then do differently? Uh, in music? Yes, in your musical journey, career. No, well, I put a song the father still, because I think it's, he knows the direction to take in, and it's just one step at a time. So every mistake you make, you try and, cop- and correct it. So I don't think, um, I kind of feel satisfied. I mean, it could be better still, but like, for example, a 14-year-old, you play a million sellers. So, for example, you're getting money from it, and you say, you are, say, rich at 14 year what would you do? Probably you get crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it's like, I know, I grew up. Everything happened. Everything in time, I grew up step by step. Stages step by and step. phases. Yeah, so, for us, it's just the music and respecting other musicians. Mm-hmm. And we know there's a next stage of all the time. We have to yes. keep on moving it, moving mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, for mm-hmm. example, 2020 is coming in and, you know, the music has to step up. I don't know if everybody's thinking that way, but I'm thinking. I'm thinking say, ahead. Everybody wants to have something fresh for 2020. Everybody, like, every year, everybody likes to try to get brand new Yeah. and to step up yeah. moving forward. So I look and say, well, music has to go forward too yeah. because everybody's moving that direction. Evolution. Yeah. But it's like music to me is everything. It's life is, it makes you relax, it makes you calm, yeah. it makes you smile. Mm-hmm. And like when you work on a drum truck and, and say, 
Ferguson, Robbie, Red Rose, uh, Garfield, Rory, somebody walking and somebody from outside the street. Mm -hmm. And so that's wicked, you know. You really feel like you've done something great. Yeah. Know? So you're done, boy. I look like you know the studio from Sunday to Sunday, though. Yeah, man, I love it. I, I, could, <laughs> tell you, I, I could actually sleep there, you know? Yeah. Because when I come here sometimes to work, I just sit behind the machine and sometimes mm -hmm. we play some, some stuff, music, and sometimes a bunch of us in here talking. Mm -hmm. But sometimes talking can lead up to ideas. Yes, like, true, know, true, true, true. So sometimes we have a conversation and we're talking about the oldest and we're taking music and somebody will come in and say, I've heard this song. So now I say, I play for myself. Oh, it's great. I say, yeah, we could flip it or do something with it and make it our own, you know? That's yeah. an idea. Mm -hmm. We want to start using things like for, um, a re as a reference. Yes. I say, like, we could say, oh, look at this record. It's a big seller. I say, okay. You get some we'll ideas check, from there. Check the tempo and check what they're playing. I say, okay, we know mm -hmm. what they're doing. And <laughs> we could do something almost like, yeah. we, don't, we don't have to use 90% mm -hmm. of the record. All we need is 5%. Of yes. It. And we'll add the next, because we have to skid keep most of the, the originality. Of, no, most yes, of our percentages of reggae. Because we are working and to develop reggae and dancehall. I love dancehall very much. And for mm -hmm. me now, I've done R&B stuff and it has worked. I've done rock stuff and it's worked. And reggae has worked, but, you know, and I, we work with Shaka Demos, who's mm -hmm. like the biggest pop artist in Jamaica. And they had like five songs of one album in the chart in England. And, mm -hmm. I work with um, Max the Priest, all these people, and having it record close to you and all these songs, and all Scar with him and Shabba and everything. So, and I work a lot with specialists with um, the Omer record and Shirley mm. and everything. You know? Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, so, you know, all we can do now is to say we can take it forward a bit. So, mm -hmm. you know, but I always respect everybody's idea. Mm. People in the industry are outside and listen to what they have to say. Yeah. And I would take idea of what they're saying and I try to see how I can mend it. You know, not all the time you're right, but you, you try, you know. Mm -hmm. So you'd have mentioned just now you'd have done R and B being successful, yeah. reggae being successful, you see a love dancer. What is your favorite genre to work? Now right now I'm projecting Jamaican music and all. I don't want to play R and B stuff because R&B stuff belongs to the American yes, right, or whatever. Yes, but yes. The dance hall and the reggae stuff is ours. So we feel we have to work to develop it up to the level. I mean, it's there now because Drake has used it, Ed Sherman has mm -hmm. used it. So we should yes, now, yes. try to sit down and try to say, let's do it for ourselves now and stop depending on the foreign the community. But it's a good idea when they come in and, and, yes. and like our music. Mm -hmm. So if they like our music, we can say, okay, they're liking it. That means we're in a good position. So mm -hmm. we don't forget to work now. Yeah. And do what and when about. they sample the original entertainers, them, 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 them yeah. benefit as well. Yeah, so my idea now is to take the Jamaican artists who really want to go play and see what we can do mm -hmm. with them to take them there. And if they're ready for the, the kind of success, because you have to be ready, you know. Yeah. You can't wait until that moment. Mm -hmm. So you're working now with a group of... Working with everybody, everybody. who have the talent. You know, mm -hmm. we're working with Liba, we work with Shireen. Work with Red Rose, working with Slime Robert ourselves as artists. Mm -hmm. Work with Arkai. Okay. I work with this girl called um, Crystal and work with Arkai. Mm -hmm. And we have worked with a lot of artists and things like that. And a lot of musicians that we sit yeah. work with Robin, we work with Linky Marsden, mm. everybody. So the work continues. Yeah, there's a bunch of musicians that we work with sometimes and we're trying to trying to get to get to that point with the music, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they kind of understand sometimes what you're looking for. Yes. Dean Fraser, 
is there from ever since, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the biggest stage that you would have walked on to perform as a The biggest drummer? stage I've walked on with Rolling Stone, 110,000 people in Philadelphia with Peter Tosh. Remember the year? I think the year would be 1978. Uh, mm. 78, yeah. 110,000 people. Yeah. Football match at in a certain dot bar. Yeah, I want to listen from like it's a music match. It's a music match. Yeah, that must have been an awesome experience. Yeah, looking at everybody look like it's like a bunch of black paper with them. Everybody yeah. look black. As man. far as far as you can as see. You can't play black at it. Yeah. Yeah. Make it here, blind, blind get locked up in the black. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah, man, that was big. I don't play Anaheim Stadium. I think I mentioned it on Facebook and someone said I was at a concert. Mm -hmm. Around mm -hmm. fifty thousand people, and you know, so yeah. It was a big stage and we have done a couple of stuff with Black Horror. We mm -hmm. um, opened up for police and opened for the Rolling Stones. And Black Horror was like our kind of, what do you call it now, kind of little project that we had to start. Yeah. Um, with Michael coming to check and start the whole Black Horror movement and start breaking out with a certain kind of music and kind of rhythm and groove, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and it was good. And it's still... The music still lives. So the greatest thing, you know, is when you have done all these music, say like from 1978, and people still yeah. look at it and loving it. Amazed. You're amazed, and it's about you just want to do more. This is what keeps it going, you know, is the people. Yeah. Where's your favorite place to perform? Favorite place? <laughs> ah, favorite place to perform. You know, when you know like, you've got a place, so you get a local vibe. Yeah, I'm ready. Well, I'm always ready for anywhere, you know. <laughs> anywhere, because. Yeah. yeah, you see, the main thing, that thing, you have to prepare yourself, you know, for it, and you have to focus. Most of the time when I'm going to play, I play the concert already in my head, you know. Yeah? Yeah, man, I sit and look at it, because it's something you have to really take serious, because you're going to see to perform, and you really want to perform. Mm. So you have to meditate on the performance, mm. or again perform, or what you again do. Like, you're not going to do anything crazy, but yeah. you just hope that everything Yeah, envision the performance yeah, from before yeah, it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's good, guys. It's good for, for like the plan ahead. Like, going on tour sometimes, start exercising, start working out, start... Yes. Make sure you're fit mentally. mentally and physically. Yeah. I know you can really play and perform. And so when you walk and like to do the first show, the first show is like a dress rehearsal to get you right. It's okay. <laughs> Ready show, to go now. First show, cool. Let's say, yeah, man, wicked. Yeah. You know to go from there. And those yeah. Second and third show, fourth. By the reach the fourth show, it's about to sit down like you're on the racetrack. Yeah. Ready to win the race, you know? Yeah. There's, there's a saying, Father Dunbar, that says, why you give a man, we have everything. Now, speaking to you, you'd have achieved practically everything there is to achieve musically. But you keep on working. Is there something that you have not achieved as yet musically that this are the thing I'm going to want? <laughs> well, you see, people mean a lot to me, you know, because you see, they were the one who put us there. And mm -hmm. I always have to always, always remember them. I know that they are there listening. And not saying I'm the best musician, I'm not the best musician or anything, I'm the best drummer. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> okay. Come on. I'm just being myself and yeah. that, that I think of and yeah. just do it, you know? Many people disagree with you on that though. <laughs> no, I, never, I, never, I never think I'm the best drum. <laughs> okay. Like, so you're always aspiring to become the best then? No. no? I, I never say I, when I was younger I used to pray. Mm -hmm. I got to tell them, be a good drummer. Be a good drummer. But I don't think I'm the best drummer, I just be myself. Yeah. And the way I think of it. Yeah. Like I will sit here and I think I'll say, okay. I could play the drum space. So I was going and do it. And the people said, I like it. And I don't have other drum up within the, the same thing I'm doing. They might not be doing it. Mm -hmm. But people are saying what I did. And people said, they like it. Like, yeah. when I did the right time come, I was thinking of just playing. And I did it. And 
said, wow, this is wicked. The right time. Come and everybody the right said, time. Time. <laughs> I said, slide, man. Said, go, yeah. the slide. Yeah. So the next time come, I go all out and try to find the next thing. Mm-hmm. I want to say, yeah, this is wicked. And like, for example, I can give you an example. Like, you know, like, um, ah, could I live Dennis Brown, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't the one who did the original track. I yeah. was on tour. When I came back, um, Errol Thompson said to me, like, Joe Gibbs wanted to come and hold up all of these drums. I said, really? 15 drums? I said, no, I mean, why? what's wrong with them? I said, they're not rocking. I said, well, yeah. I know when they say it's not rocking, what they mean. So I said, really? But these are good drummer players. I think everything sounds good. I said, mm-hmm. no, that's what you think as a musician. But <laughs> they wanted to hold up it. I said, okay, so first thing, song I went in and they said, put up. Dennis Brown song, because they really need us to get the Dennis Brown yeah. song. So I tell him, like, I was listening to the bass line at Live Parks at play, and I said, it's one way I hear this, you know. And he looked at me and said, do anything you want to do, but mm. not, don't play what is there, but I never listen to what is there. I said, yeah. do anything you want to do. It's like, what is there can't come out. So I remember I started playing the truck, and there was a, a, guy, a friend of mine, it's should be called Enos McLeod, and a lot of people, and I started playing. Everybody trouble me on. I said, this is it, it's gone, it's yeah. gone. And I said, really? <laughs> what is what I'm feeling for the song? I don't yeah, know what yeah, yeah, yeah. they're feeling when they hear the song. Mm-hmm. So I would sit closely, because what happened is, I used to dance, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to dance on television, TADP and these things. Yeah. And I'm a friend and I used to dance, like James Brown and them things. So we're kind of looking at I said, my mother and I used to watch Eddie Thomas yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. realizing the body movement is good about the beat playing. The, the, the music. So I started looking at it very important. So I start putting things like that inside the music and people start liking it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I said, wow. So your, your dancing background helped to influence the yeah. type of beats and that you created. And playing in club bands for dance people. Because mm-hmm. we were playing against the discotheque sometimes. Yeah. We had to keep looking at the dancers. Yes. So we were selecting this kind of song and to keep people there. So we have to play a certain way. So with this kind of soulful mm-hmm. feeling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll put that in the kind of recording. Like, for example, there's this guy by the name of Serge Gainsbourg, and he, he's from France. He's dead now, and he came to Jamaica to do a recording. And he came, and I said, I know, I know this name, and he was one of the song called Jetem, man. I said, that might be the guy who came to Jamaica, did a recording, did the French national anthem in Reagan. This is the biggest selling reggae album ever yeah? in France. And mm-hmm. the other day, they celebrate 40 years of it, and I went, was in France, and I had to do the interview because they're saying that you're the, you're the only one that, and we're there at the time, I did a lot of interviews on it, and big yeah. celebration and everything about the record, because mm-hmm. the biggest record, selling record. Yeah. Three interviews, though, Sir Dunbar. You look like you don't do a lot of those. No, interviews, interviews. Yeah. Yeah, man, I know I'm putting interviews, but sometimes I choose which one I want to do, because okay. sometimes you have to be in a mood sometimes to the interview. Yeah. Right? Really, and... Sometimes I'm not in because sometimes I like cameras, but sometimes. Tell me you don't. Yeah, you know, but sometimes. I'm happy that you chose this one, sir. Well, I don't know about the You probably, you know, you're probably sent from the. From God himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens is, you know, I'm a very kind of shy person. Yeah, I kind of sense that still. Yeah, and I, I like staying behind the scene, you know. Because you say the front line is good and the front line is bad. And you have to know what to talk about. True, 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 true. Sometimes it does. Make music and do so many music speak for itself. And yes. And I stay behind, you know. If yes. there's some important come out, you have to come up front where you have to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. But if not, again, you'll stand behind with the curtain and stay there, you know. Yeah. The music today, though, I'm speaking about dancehall, per se, because yeah. you see a love dancehall. Mm-hmm. Is there anything about the music at this point in time where you 
would change if you had the opportunity to do so? We're not talking about changing. Some of the guys, I think a lot of people are doing good and everything is happening, but we still have one that's like a bridge out of a cross. Mm -hmm. And I think what we need now is that we need some good sound, good melody. Yes. That's where all the beat came from with the melody, but a lot of us is living off like making a rhythm and give it to me and then go and write a song. Nothing's mm -hmm. wrong with that too, but like when we're doing song like for Capleton dance and like say um tour, mm -hmm. Capleton was in the studio performing tour and making it for him and he yes. was performing the song and we were playing, oh. looking at him and he was boogering at this song. He was inside singing it. And we tried to nail it with attitude and to try going with attitude and everything. So that make a lot of sense. So even when we're coming up a musician, like mm -hmm. a little right time come with a track we had made in diamonds. Yes. Um song in it, right? But when the artist is there, it's a different thing getting the artist feel and his personality in the song. Like all of these black horror songs were made with Michael and the group inside singing. Yeah. And we're making rhythm for the song. And even check on um, Revolution, Dennis Browners inside, singing on the microphone, all on to what he got, he was there. Um, mm -hmm. sitting and watching him was there singing. So when those rhythm dropped, I mean there's no way it could not be it because yeah, Dennis because was in front was of you. There. And he was singing with emotion creation. and you're looking at how he was performing. Mm -hmm. And we say, then and watch and singing and you see his movement and yeah. you know, grooving up for his so that make a lot so, of sense. So this is where this I most of this rhythm are like champion rhythm, you can't mm. erase it. No, no, no. True, you true, know? because the art yeah. That yeah. Make a, so you're saying then one of the things that these the, the younger generation of artists need for though, instead of just making a man build a rhythm, send come give you. You're there on the spot. Yeah. It's, it's good enough. So the emotions are captured. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But when mm. artists come in front of you and singing, right? Yeah. And look at how the performance, how he's singing it. Then he starts shape the groove with him. Because he's there in front of you. And all of these black holes songs, there's no rhythm. Everything was made for them. Inside singing, I would say, this is the groove. And Michael would sing and look at and watch, watch the attitude and hear the beat playing. Yeah. I say, yes, this is it. This is the groove. So when it's time comes to voice, you made that song. Yeah, the song is already. If you're doing like 10 songs, mm -hmm. each song would have a different feel. Yeah. And then I sing the same melody. Yes. I've played song in a different pattern and you play that way. Sometimes you can go in and make um, a rhythm yes, for an artist and it come a voice. But not every time it's going to work. Yes, yes, yes. But if artists will come, but some artists need to get the rhythm, the beat first, mm -hmm. to write. That's all good too. Yeah. But if the artists come with a song, because some artists come to a song and can't write so good by themselves, but they will come with. Give them the beat and they will write on it. Mm -hmm. That's all right. It yeah. works Every, it's Different things work for different people. But I think when it come in front of you and sing, I say, okay, I don't think it's kick drum sound good as voice or anything. So let's try this one. I think it works. Because I proved it with the Capleton stuff. And yeah. It's in touring. It was right there with the flagman inside the studio. <laughs> Tell him, man, the studio was on fire. That was a bit of a good experience. Yeah, I said, yeah, man, on fire, man. <laughs> So even the same thing like when Ansu we were singing um, Woman Like a Shadow mm -hmm. he went inside singing so you look at him singing and it took us around four hours to cut that record every yeah. time we reached a certain part and someone made a mistake yeah. I have to play back with the same intensity because yeah. I don't know which take is going to really happen <laughs> so this is where you really capture the artist mm -hmm. feel and input into mm -hmm. the whole recording of the musician and yeah. the artist together yeah. now the musician is going to make a rhythm and sometimes yeah. the artist you know the funny thing about all of you say, all the songs that you would have mentioned where artists was there when you're building the rhythm all those songs have been monster hits monster hits man yeah man most work so there, there's there's a message in it yeah man even uh, when uh, for example all this like Mr. Wireway said Carl Malcolm and no Jason yeah he was in there singing mm. he made just like his image just so he was singing and he said 
This is how it has to be because he's always feeling it. I'm watching the music. Why are we good buddies? Yeah. I mean, Jai White was singing like she was like, it was a joy out there. She was there singing it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. see her action and say, this is where you have to play the cards, you know? Yeah. So, it's, 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 it's different. Even, yeah. for example, in did Buckingham Palace with Peter. Everything was inside. He was you know, playing and Peter was singing the guitar and you see the whole groove. Can't and I said, this is it. This is right there. But I love the dance hall thing very much and we saw some more development to do with dance. Can, can, it's, dance hall, the sky is the limit. You can yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. We, don't, we mostly look at it as just dance hall. We have to look at it as music, Jamaican music. And if you get like the backing up of the musician to come involved and look at it as serious, you can go play some because it has a lot of um, character in it. Mm-hmm. True. And it's locked up with everything African, Latin, Calypso, everything is inside of it. And it's still. Is Jamaica. Yes. But I think we should project it and real. But we need we need some songs. Mm. Melody to, to really enhance it now, you know? Yeah. Family life. Married? Yeah, married and just cool and easy, but it's <laughs> <laughs> a free man. Uh, yeah, why? No, it's when it comes to music. Yeah. Every daughter, everybody. Yeah. For me ever since cause I've been doing this from a kid, you know. So mm-hmm. everybody knows this what they know the story. Everybody you know knows. Start up and adjust. Everybody knows that my niece my niece is them. Yeah. Then just know the freedom of just give me the music and just yeah. leave me. I mean, alright then. I don't want the food. <laughs> Kids. Just one. Just one. Yeah, man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows say, you know, Chris Bakker used to say that put slime rub in the food and leave them. Don't worry. Yes. They'll find it. Yeah, they'll find it. And Robbie's okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Everybody's mm, fine. Okay. And, so, there's a, and then there's a lot of young musicians and producers and engineers coming up that. Most of the time, some young artists come around us and sit and talk and show them much love, you know, and give them mm-hmm. that's important what they can do. And like sometimes I was talking to Ziggy and I say, you know, it's hard to, for me to leave Jamaica because then the kids are there growing up and they just want somebody that can go to and ask some question. Guidance. But I say, leaving people like Santa is a good drummer, he's not in Jamaica no more. These people say not a recording, like Carlton Barrett is recording. Asmouth is here still as a good drummer. Mm-hmm. Paul Douglas is not here and certain people. So, Desert Jones is here. And everybody says, so sometimes, I, I might be one more, I'm not the best one, but I might be the one who out there, doing a lot of work and it's yes. working. So, um, they would come to me and for Father Sly, and just ask a couple of questions and I would explain to them. And they would ask, oh, you do this because it sounds good. Like somebody used to come to me and say, this producer guy said, when I love the snare, that I use an iron to come out of the record. Mm-hmm. I said, really? He said, yeah, I laugh. And I said, yeah, you really? I said, we like it. I said, yeah, someone just love it, you know? So, you know, it was like a thing like, if they know somebody that they can go to, like, they know the slides in Jamaica, slide, we can find slides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, America and all outside the world is good, but Jamaica is a special place, you know? True, true. So, and the people have give you the past certificate from Jamaica. <laughs> and for me Before to go and make it, shine, yes, give you the yes, Jamaica yes. public, mm-hmm. stamp it and say, Sly, yeah. you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, my went out there and trying to keep the flag flying. And I mean, I don't know if it worked that much, but probably work a little still. You know, so. yeah. But we give thanks to the Jamaican people's support, you know? Yeah. Really, really, they're very important. Very, very important. Mm. And when we're making music, they're the one that think of them. Yes. And how they're going to react to it. And I look at them probably dancing. Or what is it? Because they still make a lot of like an instrument. Because some people love the instrument. You know? Yeah. 
and they look at us and say, come out with some instrument. They're not going to sell big, but you never know which one is going to sell big. You don't know. You don't know. True, true, true. It might true. make it today, mm. and then it's five years, something happened that they use a truck. It trigger it. Some and trigger. And the truck become the biggest. Yes, true, true, so, true, true. <laughs> True. You know, so when we're making all this thing like Night Dark, we didn't know it would be it. We just mm. recorded until keep on just recording double barrel was the same thing and it become a month. So I kind of learned from that kind of school that it was going to make a recording. I am not some, somebody who is as steep in the musical aspect of the music as some people would be. But growing up, I have been hearing about the Rhythm Twins. I have seen, I've listened <laughs> a lot of things and you are not saying it. You say you're not the best. But you are probably the best I have heard. <laughs> I try to be good, but I don't know if my, my being good is good <laughs> enough, you know. But the first thing I learned, like I was, this drummer by the name of Earlier, right? Mm -hmm. He plays sort of Philadelphia International. I don't know if you know the MFS. No, not familiar with it. We know like all these OJ songs, like Backstabbers, you know mm -hmm. the song. Like, yes. He's one of playing those songs. And if you don't know me by now, and you know, he used to go play for the Delphonics, right? Yes. He's one of play drums and those things. I, I look at his Facebook stuff and the amount of trophy and gold record that he had won as some years played on, you know. And he was he got an award, he was inducted in some kind of Hall of, of Fame, fame yeah, thing and he had won so much trophies and thing and we talked to him on Facebook, you know, and when his birthday come, I think I'd be yeah, man, link him. And he's thing with the trumps, you know. And he made a speech and said, Look, I, I'm not the best drummer. Right? He was, he's credited for one who create disco, right? Yeah. But what I do, I try and be myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, boy, that is so good that you know, I'm not the best drummer. I just be myself. And being himself is himself. Mm -hmm. He's playing what he thinks will work. And other people might copy him. Yeah. <laughs> but he says he's not the best. But mm -hmm. he's just being himself. And this is what he's feeling. I look at it from them time I was being. This is what I'm feeling. I don't know what the next guy's feeling. Speaking to you, I realize that your mother was an amazing influence on, on your life. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that your mother would, yeah, would, would, if she was still around, she would be yeah, man, amazingly she, proud of you. Yeah, she will. She, I tell you, man, something, when we were younger and light parts would come and get her, when she's the light parts come and get her, she's just smiling, up. man. Yeah, man. <laughs> We've come up, they're hard way still and everything, you know, but mm -hmm. we, didn't, we didn't even know things like this would happen for us that people would be into what we were doing because it was like so on the back burner thing that we never know. What about do we go through all the bad years of thing and uh, and the suffering and everything, mm -hmm. you know? And when you look at it today, your people gravitate over the music and worldwide. And sometimes you sit down and you cry, you know? <laughs> no, really, because yeah. you, 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 you know, sometimes you know what people are feeling out there, like suffering because um, we have been through it and yeah. it's hard work and we skillfully, you know, we didn't know the music could. Let us achieve certain. We never know. So, and you know, sometimes I look back and sit on myself, and it looks really hard that, you know, and sometimes the disrespect as musician used to get like mm. nothing, you know. You know, people start looking up to me. Even now, they still have some kind of disrespect for musician, but we don't worry about that because they say the music is global now. So yeah, <laughs> it's alright. One, you know, so yeah, we just go in there and try and make it make a hit record all the mm. time. I think. An entertainer that you have not worked with as yet. Did hope for work with that entertainer, but it hasn't happened. <laughs> Who would that be? Well, I really love Stevie Wonder. Stevie. Uh, we were born the same month, you know? <laughs> and I worked with him, and I knew he started as a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And really a genius. And I watched him excel to where he is today. And yeah. I've never worked with him yet or anything mm -hmm. like that. And 
Uh, I had my Michael Jackson. Yeah, that would have been a smash, you know. When, for example, I love everything that comes from Motown because yes. I, I kind of look at what Burgard has done with what his father has loaned him mm-hmm. for the music industry and we develop all the artists and everything. So I just, I look at Motown as my university for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and a lot, a lot of people in Jamaica, there are some young artists in Jamaica where I say have a talent, but sometimes it's not the direction. Mm-hmm. Nobody's seen the direction that is fitting for them. Like, I remember in Maxi Priest, there was a, a guy called Erskine to be around him, like his label, the label boss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Erskine, when the Maxi Priest was supposed to sing a while, but they didn't like the song. But, yeah. but we know the song because we used to play it on stage. Yes. So we went in and laid the rhythm. And he actually sang the song like he didn't like it. He said he, didn't, he could did a, do a good version of the song. And Song to Come was one of his biggest songs. Yes. Erskine had chose that song for him. Mm-hmm. So in this case, what I'm trying to say now, sometimes you have to have somebody who's thinking of your future as, yes. in, as an artist to come mm-hmm. and look for the song that they think you could do or suggest it. It's a suggestion. It's not nobody being a star, being yes, 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 yes. But working together as teamwork. Mm-hmm. And yes. you say, okay, I think this can sound good. Because sometimes the people around you say so they think further than you are seeing yeah. sometimes. Uh. And we did. And I remember when we were doing Close to You now, mm-hmm. it was the last track that came in and I said to them, so well, the job is cool on it. That is their masterpiece. No, 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 slide. Take off. <laughs> take off that. No, slide. Said, take off them drums. They put one slide on by yeah, drum. Yeah. Said, All right. <laughs> I said, listen to the track and I put on the drum. And it was really right. Yeah. It was a difference, you yeah. know. And it, it became a big number one song for him yeah. in America. So, you know, Shaka Dimas was great. And, mm. I mean, most of the artists are great. Dennis Brown, Greg Ryan, like Greg Ryan like, gave us our first number one. He was always there. Which was the song was Soon forward. Soon forward. <laughs> it was always different being a song. Yeah. Most of the time, you know, I'd be personally, me want big up all singers. Yeah. All musicians. All producers. Yeah. Everybody in the industry. The journalists, everybody. Because everybody the music, played their role. We couldn't have done it without all of these mm. people. So, my respect to them every day, every time, 24-7. No respect. Father Dunbar, mommy will be proud. Yeah, man, yeah, man. Yeah, Definitely man. she will be proud, man. I think she probably she's dancing as <laughs> She's real, dancing. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you'd have done it big and keep on doing it. And it is a pleasure for me. And for me, as I, I realize that you're a very humble man, but you're a living legend, sir. Well, you know, a lot of people say, I'm a living legend. I say, <laughs> really? They say, yeah. I say, I don't know what have I done. And I say, can I say, for me, I look at this thing like simple. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you grow up doing this thing and it's easy for me, but I realize sometimes when the work goes and people hear it, it's like different. It means a lot different to them great, from, from what I receive because mm-hmm. I'm doing it right here. But when I'm actually feeling it, they've seen a different picture of it from what, I, what I'm playing right here yeah. to them, you know? So I really appreciate what they're saying still and I, I you know, give them enough respect and when they said that, I would smile and I said, really? And I said, yeah, man. man. True icon, man. True legend. It's a, sim- a simple thing, you know, Father Dudbar. Realize he's a humble man, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're very grounded and thing. But when people say it's a true, they're talk, sir. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> like, you know, like he went and go, I remember playing on the Michael Rose, last show, Michael Rose, and last show with him, and this guy comes and say, I've seen him 35 years, the last time I see Black Horror. Mm-hmm. And I said, slide down by you, hit it, those jumps are harder. <laughs> I said, really? I said, so you really mean it? Yeah, man. I said, I'm telling you, mm. you're kicking the shit. Like, you know. <laughs> I said, really? I said, man, I'm 35 years old. And I went to come to the concert, I think I was, you know, 
But when I came tonight on, on earth, I said, man, it was like amazing. I said, really? Mm. Because there, there are a lot of people who used to follow us up from our kid because we started so young and immediately we were a success and mm -hmm, people started following us mm -hmm, so, you had them go up in the same age group and earn the name and start checking the work and tour the pizza and all these things. And people come and say, I'm, I'm tracking it down a list of everything. Some, the other day we signed, we signed some records and this guy coming on 24 albums. And the next one coming next 24 albums. Yeah. I said, bring them come and sign them because, mm. man, I'm waiting for this album for the day that I yeah, could get them yeah, signed. Yeah. These people living like, they know where them, and I said, they won't come to Jamaica. Yeah, they yeah. know where them probably getting to yes. see me. More that moment. So, you know, the public, well, enough respect on the boy. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, have, couldn't have done this. Yeah. Because really sure, they should really show the appreciation and mm. everything. So I love them. I think I love them more than how they love me. <laughs> they are the one. For me, they are the one. Yeah. And yeah. I respect them a lot, a lot, a yeah. lot. And I say, all musicians, singer, producer. Enough, enough, enough mm. respect. Musicians, everybody. I couldn't have done this thing. I mean, if they are no all these musicians, it wouldn't be no slide up. Mm -hmm. Producer, they wouldn't be done because they give me the chance to perform. And they never hold me back and say, don't do that. You yeah. know? So, as I was saying, one more thing I was saying to Robin, I said, <laughs> we're doing a session, say, laugh. And Robin said, okay, laugh. I said, you know, sometimes we're on a session and I do something. And, you know, say, if one person said them no like a play, you know, they have to change it. Because yeah. the producer would say, well, Robin said I like it. And, and him laugh. I said, you never, nobody never said they don't like right. it. Yeah. And him laugh. And him say, him say to me, say, slide something, play something. One wonder, say, oh, you ever come out that way again, though? And when him listen to playback. Yeah. I said, boy, Everybody don't do boy. that. And Genius, say, that's right. No, man. and him say that. And him say, really, Robin? Him say, yeah, man, sometimes you do something. I'm inside and say, <laughs> I'm saying, boy, I want to thank you still for never even... <laughs> <laughs> you know, knock it and say it's not going to work. Yeah. Everybody said, no, I wouldn't even get for the chance to play. Mm. So, I have to big them up and love them, you know. It's not only a pleasure, sir, Dunbar. It's an honor. Man, yeah, I don't respect for taking the time out for all that reason. Respect. Uh, you understand? No respect. And, yeah, man. And this doesn't come like an interview. It come like with us a reason. You know, probably should sip out some, some, some fruit juice and everything. Yeah. And that, means chart, you know? that means a lot. That means yeah. a lot. You know, say... Is the kind of best interview you can ever do, you know. Like if you're just sitting on with all three people, four people talk and mm. so the flow naturally. Yeah. And then people show the question at yeah, everybody and mm. it's not really structured yeah, TV yeah, yeah, style. Yeah, 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 man. That's good. Yeah. I appreciate that.
teach them. Hey, yo, hello. Send the message and make it reach them. It's teach them right here. Warlord representing. Thank you for watching. Please leave a comment below. Remember to like and share the video. Don't forget to subscribe for more awesome content. Follow me on social media and check out the suggested videos on screen. This is Teach saying, until next time, walk good, my friends.